as one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Answer the republic for which it stands. The Democratic National Committee is located in the Watergate office building. The burglars forced a stairwell door, then taped its latch open. Well, I'm not a crook. I shall resign the presidency effective at noon tomorrow. One nation under God. This is as close as we can get to the base of the World Trade Center. And you can see the two towers, a huge explosion now raining debris on all of us. We better get out of the way. Good Lord, there are no words. Indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Title IX, the landmark civil rights law. It marked a watershed moment for women's rights when it passed in 1972. And the Supreme Court has overturned Roe v. Wade. Legal Anatomy of Current Events, preparing for launch. Legal Anatomy of Current Events, launch sequence started. D-16, IU green to go, propellants pressurized. T minus 15, legal anatomy of current events. SC ready and green to go. T minus 14, FOS ready, green to go. T minus 12, S1C fuel tank pressurized. T minus 11, SC green to go. Legal anatomy of current events, green to go. T minus 10, internal power, green to go. LES ready for ignition. T minus 9, 8, 7. We have ignition. Five, four, commit for launch. Green, three, two, one. We have liftoff. Repeat, we have liftoff. Legal anatomy of current events, all for you. Now, on the air, target locked. Good morning, America. Welcome to Legal Anatomy of Current Events. I'm Gary Bell, along with Brad Pollock. This is our podcast for you. We cover current events, as you know, as you've come to know. We give you the legal analysis and legal breakdown of current events in our country. We're glad to do it. Gary Bell, Brad Pollock, our law firm is Bell & Pollock. We're out of Denver, Colorado, and we have offices in Steamboat Springs as well. And so today in the news, right, we've got Jack Daniels Whiskey versus a rubber chewable dog toy. And we got trademark infringement. And so we're going to have a lot of fun with this show because Jack Daniels whiskey in the bottle, you know what it looks like. And you can see a picture of it, of what we're talking about here on this podcast. You can see it on our social media, any of the social media accounts that we, that we have. You can see it on our website. Our website of our law firm is championsofthepeople.com. That's championsofthepeople.com. You really need to take a look at these two, I'll call them bottles. One is a chewable dog toy rubber dog toy, and the other one is a bottle of Jack Daniels whiskey. And so there was a big to-do about this and a big uh, lawsuit over this, and it went all the way to the Supreme Court, and that's in the news, and that's what we're going to talk about today, and we're going to give you the legal analysis and legal breakdown of this fight. And you know, by the way, you've come to know that this is a nonpartisan podcast, nonpartisan show. We don't take sides, right? We give you the information And we give you the legal analysis so that you can make up your own mind on all these issues. You know, we might cover very controversial, hot topics, and we do, but we don't take sides. We want you to have the information, and you can listen to our show, and you can get the legal analysis right here, and then you can make up your own mind on what you want to do and what you want to think and how you want to take on these subjects. Okay, but before we get to the the issue of Jack Daniels, 
versus this rubber dog toy. And it looks like a bottle of Jack Daniels. Let's, let's be honest. It does. And it's made by a company called VIP. So the lawsuit was Jack Daniels versus VIP. But before we get to that level, we got to give you just a little brief explanation of trademarks and the history of it. And Brad's going to give you the breakdown on that. But one of the most famous cases on trademark infringement and, and trademark dilution, that's what it's called, infringement and dilution under the Lanham Act. That's L-A-N-H-A-M, called the Lanham Act. One of the most famous cases, right, is Rogers versus Grimaldi. Rogers versus Grimaldi. And so it, it, it arose out of an Italian producer making a film, a film out of, and, and some of you are going to be too, too young to know these people, but you're going to need to Google it. You want to look it up because it's a very fascinating story. Ginger Rogers, right? And Fred Astaire, famous dancers. And might I add, if you're going to look it up, watch them dance. Because they dance really well. They're really good dancers. You know, and it's I, a lot I, of fun to do it. Watch. Spend, spend a little time watching those two dance with each other. You, you'll be amazed. Good. And you, you might be saying, well, what are we talking about Ginger Rogers and Fred Astaire here? I thought we were going to talk about Jack Daniels whiskey and the rubber dog toy made by VIP. I thought we were going to be talking about that. And we are. But first, you got to understand Ginger Rogers and Fred Astaire. So, so the lawsuit was called Rogers versus Grimaldi. And Brad, you take it away because every every trademark infringement case in this country in America talks about Rogers versus Grimaldi. So first, you're going to understand that. Well, it, it to get it down, you have to understand that it, it, Congress came out with the Lanham Act well before Rogers versus Grimaldi case came out, and the Lanham Act actually identified and spelled out for all of us this nice um, way of trying to determine whether or not somebody was infringing on another one's uh, trademark. And, and why is that important? Well, we all know that trademarks identify for everybody, and they're meant to identify for everybody, the, the, the source of the product. And when you start learning the source of the product, a lot of times that allows you to understand and have a good idea of what is involved with respect to the maker and what kind of quality you can expect out of the, pro, out of the, the item and if you know where the source comes from. Uh, and so, you know, you had this group uh, in Rogers versus Grimaldi where you, you, you had um, it, the, the dancers, uh, you had two dancers, and under the, the two dancers dancing together, um, you know, it, it, they, they said they were um, Ginger and Fred, and that made everybody think that these dancers were actually uh, Ginger Rogers and Fred Astaire, but or you, was actually working off of them. You're saying the Italian filmmakers called it Ginger and Fred, the Italian and tried, and everybody thought it was Ginger Rogers and Fred Astaire, but it really wasn't, right? Well, well, you know, everybody probably thought it was for a while until you 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 um you turn it on and watch them, and then you start realizing, well, it's not really Ginger Rogers and Fred Astaire, but what a way to get somebody to come or to turn it on initially, and maybe they'll stay. Maybe it's going to cause a, a little bit extra popularity with the show. Maybe it's going to cause people to want to watch the show. Maybe it's going to get you into a good situation as far as what's happening with the show. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's a way of maybe stealing the names and if you're stealing the names, is it going to get you anywhere where you're going to be able to um, uh, be able to 
to uh, uh, get better sales and, and get better exposure and have more people watch you. And that's what a lot of times why one entity might try to uh, make money off of or take advantage of another party's trademark or another party's name. And we have Lanham Act, which uh, talked about that and and discusses it and actually lays down the law. And, you know, in our country, we understand that basically the judges are supposed to interpret the law. They're supposed to uh, interpret the law and help enforce the law, but it's Congress who's supposed to make the law. And the Lanham Act came from Congress. But all of a sudden, you get this Rogers case. And when you get the Rogers case, you start finding that the threshold has to be met before you get to the Lanham Act. And so, yeah, but let's go back on that a little bit, Brad, because the Italian company took took Ginger Rogers and Fred Astaire, and they made a like a film out of two cabaret performers and called her Ginger and Fred. And so then Ginger uh, Rogers didn't like it, so then she filed the suit right against the Italian company. So you can take it from there. Ginger Rogers filed the suit, and. Uh, and that's, I mean, and that's how we came up with this whole case law. Well, yeah, that's how we came up with the case law. And amazingly enough, the case law uh, it w- it was the Second Circuit of Court of Appeals, uh, or I'm sorry, the Second Circuit of the, of the United States District Courts. We have our, we have different states and different districts. Colorado is in the 10th district. Uh, the second district was in interpreting whether or not the Lanham Act had been violated. And it came up with a way to judge whether or not you even get to the Lanham Act, whether or not you even start enforcing the Lanham Act. And why is that important and why should they be able to do that? Well, I can tell you why. Because we get back to what we talked about last week. I believe it was last week, artistic impression. And are we talking about artistic impression when somebody starts using certain dances, certain uh, pictures, certain uh, skits, certain sayings? When they start using those, are we infringing on the First Amendment? And while we, as I was saying, while we talk about who makes the laws versus who enforces the law uh, and and who interprets the law, uh, we all of a sudden had Rogers' case that was talking about these cabaret people, and the question was, was it an artistic impression? Was, were, were the cabaret people an artistic impression? Because if they're an artistic impression, it kind of overrules everything else, and you don't get a trademark infringement case. Well, sure. If it has, uh, uh, what Roger said, does it have, uh, before you can get to Lanham Act, you have to decide that what they're doing has no artistic relevance to the underlying work. Okay, so the Lanham Act basically says you can't infringe somebody else's trademark, and we're, we're going to explain to you in a minute what a trademark is. You can't infringe it. But they did, Brad. They, they named them Ginger and Fred in this Italian movie, these two cabaret performers, so they took it. And, and let's get everybody straight. The name of the people dancing were not Ginger and Fred. That, that's the thing. It wasn't like they were saying, hey, we're just doing it after the persons who are dancing. Uh, they obviously were trying to get some relevance or some some gain of some type from saying Ginger and Fred because at that time uh, Ginger Rogers and Fred Astaire well it was it was actually prior to that time but they were the, the, known as being tremendous dancers and they would draw a lot of people to just watch them. 
Okay, but the point we want you to learn right now is that Ginger Rogers, Fred Astaire, famous dancers, this Italian company made a film of two cabaret performers, uh, Ginger and Fred, and so it was Ginger Rogers. She filed the lawsuit. She said, that's my name. That's my career. That's my history. That's my reputation. That's my trademark. That's our trademark. And, Brad, they lost the case. They didn't win the case. Well, they did lose the case, and that's because, as far as I can see, and uh, that the the court second i think it was the second circuit i, I think right? it was too right circuit, the second circuit as far as i understand the second circuit came out and, and put together a new set of rules it said well, before we get to the lanham act you have to meet certain rules that gets you to the lanham act and we'll apply the lanham act if you if you meet these rules and the rules that were set up by the second circuit at that time were of such a nature that it may, that in, in future years, it's made it almost impossible to get to the Lanham Act. It's very difficult. And the whole key is if you get to the Lanham Act, then you can successfully maintain an action for trademark infringement. But if you don't get to the Lanham Act because you don't get past the Rogers rule, you don't get past the Rogers rule. And what's the Rogers rule again, Brad? The Rogers rule is that if the, if the, if the, uh, the material, the trademark that you use, somebody say is stolen, Let's say you have Coca-Cola, somebody takes a picture, an image of Coca-Cola, and if they do something artistic with it, they put artistic value into this Coca-Cola or into Ginger Rogers and Fred Astaire, then because they put their own artistic value into it, it's covered by the First Amendment, and they don't get to maintain an infringement action, and you never get to the Lanham Act because there's artistic value into what they took. Because it's an artistic impression. And what we found is that it's been next to impossible, very next to impossible, to ever get past the artistic impression uh, element or hurdle that's there. And they find it very difficult, and that's why this Jack Daniels case is so interesting, as far as I'm concerned, because Jack Daniels did get past the artistic impression, and it was being argued. It didn't have any artistic relevance to the underlying works, or, or you, if it explicitly misleads as to the source or the content of the work. Uh, those are the two elements you got to get past before you can get to the Lanham Act. You have to identify either that it has no artistic relevance to the underlying work or that it explicitly misleads as to the source or the content of the work. Well, so let's break it down. And let's explain what a trademark is. A trademark is you can create a trademark right now today. ABC company with a picture on it, okay? Put the Rocky Mountains behind it. You know, put a river in Oregon behind it. Put a lake in Minnesota behind it. You've got a trademark. Somebody takes your trademark and modifies it. And they say, well, we did it, and we can't be held liable to you because we put our artistic First Amendment expression into this modification. So it might be your trademark, but I took it from you, and I put my artistic First Amendment impression, so now you can't do anything about it. Or you put my trademark on something, a film that we're watching, or where this has become a big deal for a lot of people is video games. Uh, you got video games out there, and as you got video games, and they're they're doing different things in video games, whether it be um, some kind of sports video game, or whether it be some kind of shoot 'em up video game, or whatever. Uh, they they can put things that make you think that that particular company is involved in the video game and they're not involved in it at all no no like call to duty call to action and make you think you're some sort of an, an elite uh, military unit but let's get back to to our our subject so this toy company 
You know what a trademark is. You can just create a trademark. You can also register a trademark. That gives you more protection, national protection. But you can create a trademark right now in your office, in your garage. And you've created a trademark. Can somebody infringe on it? That's what we're talking about. So if they say they added their artistic value to your trademark, then you can't hold them responsible. So, all right, go ahead. Well, I'm going to say, and remember, trademark, the purpose of a trademark is to allow people to know uh, from where the item is coming, to know who, like we, Starbucks. who put it together, right? Like, like Coca-Cola. Like Coca-Cola, like Jack Daniels, you know, like, like a lot of them. When you start doing it, when they start looking at what the, the particular item is, that's how you relate to it. You relate to it by saying, oh, that's Coca-Cola. You expect that that's been made by Coca-Cola. And if you expect it's been made by Coca-Cola, you expect that it's going to have the quality that Coca-Cola has in, in providing that, that product. And That's what you were talking about a minute ago when you said source. The source is Coca-Cola in that example. And you think you're buying a Coca-Cola. That's what you want. That's right. And so, and, and okay, if, if I'm sitting at home and I'm seeing something back, I think the Second Circuit Court of Appeals of Fred and Ginger, the, the Rogers case, was in 1989, I believe. Um, but if I'm sitting at home and I'm watching and there's, it shows that there's going to come on a show of Fred and Ginger. And if I like dancing, I like to see dancing. And I say, wow, there's Fred and Ginger. I'm, I think I'll make sure I see that because do I believe the source is is going to be Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. Yes. Now, now when I get onto it, I may quickly learn it's not, but you, you got me. You got me to watch it the first couple, couple of minutes at least, and maybe I'm going to stick around and watch it a little longer. Maybe I'm not, but you've got me to watch these cabaret dancers who are not Fred and Ginger. Okay, now there's one more thing we need to teach you before we get to Jack Daniels and the rubber dog toy. And the rubber dog toy looks exactly like a Jack Daniels bottle. All right? So we know one more thing we need to teach you. If, you, if somebody has a trademark, and let's take Saturday Night Live, okay? Saturday Night Live used to make fun of what? They Every, made, everything. Everything. They made fun of the news. So let's just take the news. They're not pretending they're like the news. They're making what they called a parody. They're making fun of the news. And so that's what's called fair use of the trademark because they're, mim- they're mimicking it. They're making fun of it. They're mocking it. And you're dying laughing listening to this stuff. And, and you know, the courts have, have come to the point where they've said, in essence, time in and time out that that that's fair use of the docu- of the of the trademark and people aren't going to be confused because you're not going to think when you're watching Saturday night live that that the company is actually making fun of itself and you're not going to think it's actual news that they took over some news program. Right. And you're not going to think that's the source. It's coming from the source. You're not going to think it's an actual news. You're not going to think it's real. I mean, anybody who watches Saturday Night Live knows that uh, when they do that that news portion of their case, uh, of their show, I mean, that it's not real. I mean, no. It's not. So, so that's fair use of a trademark. All right. Now that you understand that, let's get to Jack Daniels. You got to look at this picture. Come on. It's Jack Daniels bottle, old number seven. And then this dog toy that looks exactly like Jack Daniels. But this company, VIP, had produced other products, Brad, before they got to Jack Daniels. They produced other products, and some of them are, 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 are quite comical. They produced Doggy Walker for Johnny Walker. They produced Dos Perros for Dos Equis. They produced, are you ready for this? Listen to this one. They produced Smella Airpaw. Smella Airpaw for what? Stella Artois, right? So now they've created this Jack Daniels chewable toy, 
And so, Brad, you take us through the legal part of that, the legal analysis of that. Well, what's, what's surprising to me is that, they, that Jack Daniels actually won. Um, you know, you wouldn't have expected it because you, this company actually probably – uh, we don't have anything. We probably took on the big boys before and thought it was going to be successful here. But Jack Daniels told uh, and, and went to um, uh, the, 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 the company and told them, uh, quit using our, 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 our trademark, quit using our bottles, quit using at least our trademark on the bottles. And, you know, it's deceptive it's similar. And the, the question was, did VIP products uh, think they were going to lose? And actually, VIP products took the first stab at it or the, uh, made the first uh, at-bat when they stood up in, or when they went to court and asked for a declaratory judgment saying that they were not infringing on any copyrights because I think they were pretty confident that they were going to get past this on the Rogers, based on the Rogers factors, and they were going to be able to do what they wanted to do. Because they were saying, VIP were saying, we added our own artistic value to the Jack Daniels image, and therefore under, under Rogers' case, since we added our own artistic value and impression, we win. Right, and they were saying there's there's no way in the world that you can think uh, or or think that this means that we're misleading you as to the source or the content of the work because there's no way in the world that anybody could think that we're that we're our bottles are actually Jack Daniels and that we're actually doing Jack Daniels. But basically, the Supreme Court of uh, of the United States said you got past the Rogers rule. Because it looks like you cribbed, they, that's the word they use, it looks like you cribbed, took, right? You took the image of the Jack Daniels bottle, you have the, the lines the same way, the image looks the same, the white lettering is the same, the size of the bottle is approximately the same. They went through all those factors, and so, Brad, they said the Rogers rule, where you add your own artistic impression, doesn't work anymore. Therefore, we're going to go to the Lanham Act, and the Lanham Act says you can't make things confusing in the marketplace. Yeah, and we just got to understand a little bit of our court system. We have district courts in each state, federal district courts, and then we have uh, circuit courts that, where, for instance, Colorado's the 10th circuit, and yeah, they're broken down into, you know, I believe it's 12 or 13 different circuits. And, right. And then you have, um, in each state, or in, and so a group of states will be within a circuit for appellate purposes. And then if you get past that court, and you appeal what that court decides, then you're, you find yourself in the Supreme Court. Right. And so what you have to understand is that in this particular case, at the lower level, uh, I think Bad Spaniels won. I think they, they were successful. And it, it, I'm sure when it, up to, when it went up to the Ninth Circuit, I believe it was, that was deciding this particular case, um, the Ninth Circuit uh, came down and heavily relied on, as far as I could see, heavily relied on the Rogers factors to, to determine that, once again, Bad Spaniels hadn't, and, and hadn't done anything wrong and that uh, VIP products was okay. And um, that was, in turn, appealed again. And when it got to the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court was very heavy, very heavy in its decision of showing where it believed the, the Court of Appeals went wrong. And worked in properly. But amazingly, we have all these years of law, Brad, under the Rogers Rule. And, and believe me, the Rogers Rule has been interpreted by courts across America in many different ways. And there's a fine line here, a fine line there. But all of a sudden, the United States Supreme Court said, we're not going to follow the Rogers Rule here with this Jack Daniels and this toy, this chewable dog toy, because it looks like they took it. And it looks like they took the image 
And then they made a disclaimer on the back of it that said this is not sponsored by Jack Daniels. So that, that, they said that wasn't good enough. And so they allowed the action under the Lanham Act. And the Lanham Act basically says you cannot use somebody's trademark if it's confusing to the public. And they said this, these two bottles, you got to look at them. They're confusing to the public. Therefore, you can't have the rubber dog toy. And Jack Daniels whiskey wins. Well, and you can understand that if somebody's just looking at the at the at the bottles, and you start getting into what about the stickers on them, what about the stuff that's on them. But the the VIP products, I think, got a little ahead of itself, and in essence, admitted in its own pleadings that some of what they were doing was so that you could consider the source, so that you could be, uh, be identifying the source. And once again, we get into this. This, this great dichotomy or interplay that you have between uh, business wanting to make sure they're controlling what you say and do when it comes to anything even close to their name or that might cause somebody to believe that they might be affiliated with it. Jack Daniels, uh, Bad Spaniels with Johnny Walker or any other Walker. Or, Doggy Walker and John, Walker. Johnny Walker. You know, and, Jack and, Daniels and Bad Spaniels is what it was called, you know, Bad Spaniels. And, and so, you know, you're looking at it, you're going, okay, you've got that dichotomy being able to say, uh, making a parody of something, you know, making fun of them, making fun of the, of the company or whatever. You have that dichotomy of the Lanham Act uh, trying to protect business and allow business people to establish a reputation, establish a name, establish something that is good for them and, and protects them, and it causes people to know the source and causes people to rely on the source. I mean, you know, if I if I talk about Kellogg, the people go, well, I know what the source is for that and, and what they do and what they make. And if I talk about Pillsbury, the same thing. Now, yeah, but from what we taught everybody today, Brad, let's take an example. Suppose you take Starbucks logo, you put it on your own storefront down the street. You're not a Starbucks franchisee, but you put the logo on there, and you modify the logo a little bit, and you draw some really nice white fluffy clouds above the logo, and you call it Go-Go Starbucks. Go-Go Starbucks. And they're going to ask the same question. And why did we ask that question to begin with? Why is it so important? Why did the Supreme Court, or why did any court step in on Lanham Act? and start saying you have certain factors that have to met before you can apply the Lanham Act. I mean, it's very rare for a court to stand up and say, we know you've got an act and we know you've got a law, but before you can apply that law, certain conditions have to be met. That is an incredible point. Good job, my good man. Thank you. You got a statute from Congress that says X, Y, Z, and the Supreme Court and the Second Circuit said you've got to go through ABC before you get X, Y, Z, but X, Y, Z statute doesn't say that. See, and we're talking about Starbucks, and I just got a star. We got you got Starbucks, and you got a star. But I'm, ta I'm talking about you take the Starbucks logo with the green and the and the and the white and all that. You put it on your own storefront, little fluffy clouds. You call it Go Go Coffee with the Starbucks logo. You going to get away with it? That's an artistic impression. Are you going to get away with it, well, Mr. Brad? Well, you know, it, you may, you may, depending on what you're actually doing inside that store, as far as how you're develop, how you're sending out your product and what you're trying to get people to believe and what you're promoting. Uh, because it's going to be a question as to whether or not you're dealing with an artistic uh, impression, whether or not it, it, it is, uh, has any relevance to the underlying work. Uh, does that have an artistic relevance as Starbucks go-go versus Starbucks? Or are they just trying to steal it? And is it deceptive similar? And, and it all comes back 
folks, it all comes back to the First Amendment. That's the amazing part. It all comes back to the First Amendment because we have a First Amendment that allows people to say and do things. And the only time you, you can't say or do certain things can be when you're violating a law that's been established. But then the law is, is subject to heavy scrutiny as far as how it's going to be enforced and, how, and what it's going to do to you and how it's going to be done. But Brad, your point's so well taken. Congress passed the Lanham Act that says you cannot take somebody else's trademark, period. You can't take the Starbucks logo. And then all of a sudden, Ginger Rogers and Fred Astaire case, that's why we went through it, right? That's why we went through the case. They said, well, there's extra conditions you have to analyze before you get to the Lanham Act, before you get to whether or not it's, it's a trademark that can be stolen. And these extra things were, uh, was there any artistic value added to this? And so we've got a whole conglomerate of laws throughout this country on the Rogers case. Well, and maybe you remember that, like, call to action. It, it, it showed shooting up and all sorts of people shooting each other. And it comes up with certain names of certain guns that, that cause you to believe that it might relate to guns that are made and manufactured in, in, in our country or that are manufactured. And the manufacturers are saying, we don't want that in call to action. You're, you're making money off of putting our name on the guns that the, the, they're using. And, you know, the response was, well, it's an artistic, artistic impression. And so, no, you're, we're not going to allow you to, to make us get it off the air and get rid of our, our games and our... You, you just try one of those with a Starbucks, that Starbucks example, and, you, and you, here come the lawyers. You want to hear it? You want to see the lawyers coming? Here they come. Because they spent billions of dollars maintaining that logo and that trademark, and they're not going to have somebody take it down. And that's what the Jack Daniels case was all about. You're not going to make our old number seven Tennessee sour mash whiskey into a rubber chewable dog toy, and we're not going to let you. And the it, Supreme Court didn't let them do it either. And the Supreme Court decision came out June 8th, 2023. Uh, it, it makes me wonder if we're starting to get a change because I think that most people reading or watching the case would have thought that VIP was going to win. Yeah. And that Jack Daniels would lose, you know, period. Right. It's an artistic expression of, of you know, of, of bad spaniels and, and artistic expression of the dog and artistic expression of how the dog acts and what the dog can do to your house and what the different things are on it. And, you know, and most certainly, you know, the argument would be how can you confuse bad spaniels, a dog toy, with Jack Daniels, Tennessee whiskey. And so they came down on the side of Jack Daniels. Jack Daniels won the case. You need, you need to go to our website, championsofthepeople.com. If you want to see the pictures, you go to our, our social media if you want to see the pictures. But this case is fascinating. Jack Daniels versus Bad Spaniels, right? And we gave you some other examples today as well. Hope you've enjoyed the show. This is Gary Bell along with Brad Pollack. Uh, this is Legal Anatomy of Current Events. We're glad to do this show for you every week. We take the most current news that we can find. We break it down for you legally. We give you the legal analysis so that you can understand it. Uh, we did it on every one of our shows. We're going back to the to the Trump indictment. We Everybody said he was indicted, but indicted on what? What were the charges? And what do they have to prove? And what does the defense have to prove? So that's the flavor of this show. But now we're going to get to the fun part of the show. we got the American idiom of the day and the quote of the day. And we do this at the end of every one of our shows. So, Brad, you've got the idiom, American idiom. Let's take it away. Right. And my idiom today, I think, well, I'm not sure. VIP stopped, didn't get a chance to do it. But I think somebody did it with Fred and Ginger. 
and we've seen it done a number of times, is to steal someone's thunder. And when we talk about stealing (laughs) someone's thunder, that's to steal credit for something or to take attention away from someone else. And if you're trying to steal credit from something, you may run afoul of the Lanham Act. But then again, if it's an artistic expression, then you can take attention away from someone else and go, you can steal their thunder. Go, go coffee go, go with coffee. white cumulus clouds. Which I think I'm you, telling you. I think you could probably open that store. I think I'm you, telling you I think right now. Okay with it. That's a great idiom of the day by Brad Pollock. Our law firm is Bell & Pollock, and I'm going to give you the quote of the day. Oh, I got wait a, a minute, Gary. What? Could you call it Moonstruck Coffee? Instead Moonstruck. Starbucks coffee. Could you call it Moonstruck coffee? And, well, sure. And, but and, you got to put wait. the Starbucks logo on and give it a different little name, for, different little artistic impression. Different color, different stuff, and have Moonstruck coffee. And then here come the lawyers. You ever, you ever seen that show, L.A. Law? Well, here they're going to come, boy, believe me. You, you mess don't. with somebody's trademark. But the interesting part, going back to the... To the Jack Daniels case is Jack Daniels sent him letter after letter said you can't do that with our Jack Daniels whiskey and Jack Daniels didn't get to file the lawsuit first VIP sued sued them hey here's a good idiom they sued the big dog they sued the big dog bad and, spaniel they sued big bad spaniel sued and, Jack Daniels and you know what's funny about that is you you get when you read the Supreme Court decision it's kind of enjoyable it's kind of some easy reading as they're talking about yeah. different ways can you, is this still it or not so if I have Starbucks can I do Moon Deer or or, or something like that can I do some other kind of how coffee? about Stardo 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 coffee and and am I taking am I is that my artistic expression or am I trying to take advantage of the Starbucks coffee? I don't know you know five minutes ago I thought this was a serious legal show now we're into a comedy or maybe Moonbucks coffee. So, <laughs> all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna give the quote of the day. Here's the quote of the day. Now listen up, as we used to say in the military. Listen up. Your current life is the result of your previous choices. If you want something different, begin to choose differently. Begin to choose differently. All right. Gary Bell, Brad Pollock, our law firm is Bell and Pollock. We love doing this show for you. We're out of Denver, Colorado. We cover news in our country and we give you the legal breakdown so you can make up your own mind on all the current current issues. That's legal anatomy of current events. Gary Bell, Brad Pollock, we will see you next week.